0: Hey, I'm Kelsey, nutritionist turned visionary online entrepreneur. I'm a coach, content creator, ghostwriter, and forward-thinking business owner. My career path has been anything but ordinary, and I've navigated my fair share of drastic industry and job changes. On this weekly show, I share about my personal journey through career highs and lows, and I interview fellow entrepreneurs who share their unique paths as well all in hopes of inspiring you to start walking out your most visionary life. You can expect interviews and conversations about living an inspired life, becoming an entrepreneur, and running a thriving business. Are you ready to dive in? Let's go. Hey everyone, happy long weekend if you're in Canada. We have the May 2-4 weekend this weekend, so most people are off enjoying a couple days of holidays. So at the time of this recording, I am up north enjoying cottage country and squeezing in a few hours of work each day because this coming week, starting May 21st, I have tons of exciting workshops launching that I hope you'll join in on. So on Monday, May 21st, I'm teaching a free 45-minute online workshop where I'll be sharing the five essential strategies that you can implement right away to build a more profitable online business. This is something that I have been super invested in the past couple of years, and I'd love to share it with you. In this particular workshop, we'll share using your unique story to make sales, the marketing tips you never ever learned in school, and the one question you need to ask before posting or sharing anything. Then on Tuesday, May 22nd, so that's the following day, I am hosting a paid 90-minute live online workshop all about creating a killer profitable social media strategy so this workshop will coach you through your social strategy in real time with me so that you're left with a comprehensive plan to move forward with so After I worked with top brands in the natural health industry, creating their social media strategies, I really fell in love with how you could make sales and and build community online. So super, super excited in this workshop to cover brand strategy, content planning and creation, how to write incredible copy that makes sales, and then also how to track your metrics and ensure that you're seeing growth. because. If you're not seeing growth, then usually that is a red flag. Um, At the end of this 90-minute workshop, there is a 30-minute live Q&A where you can ask your questions and get real-time responses, so I really hope you will join on Tuesday, May 22nd. You can find both of these linked in my Instagram bio, at Kelsey Riedel, K-E-L-S-E-Y-R-E-I-D-L, or you can tap the show notes and you will find them both linked. So... Um, The final announcements I really want to give to you are that I recorded a video about a recent experience I had using Facebook ads. So I decided to invest $500 in Facebook advertising, which was spread across 10 different ads. So don't think that it was like 500 in one post, Um, but I decided to do that. I tracked it over two weeks and then I actually shared my experience over in my online business Facebook community. So, again, that is linked in my bio and in the show notes. And if you're curious what the outcome was, I would encourage you to go check out that post. So, anyways, I think that's enough for me today. Let's get on with today's episode. Today, I brought on one of my very best friends to the show, and we're chatting all things social media. Samara and I often get together over coffee, as two friends do, but her and I we have these conversations and they always have an extra element uh, element of depth to them. And in a recent conversation with her about her experience taking 1 month away from using Instagram, it sparked a lot of thought in me and honestly, I think about social media usage a lot because I think because I work in this realm and I do a lot of uh, my business building in the realm of social media. Oftentimes, it comes up in conversation with people who I'm hanging around with and I just find it very interesting to hear people's unique takes on how social media has either benefited their lives or their business or it has potentially negatively infected, affected them. Um, so in this episode we really chat about whether we need to detox from social media on a regular basis and what our own relationship with it could and should look like. And we chat about what the world would be more of or less of if social media disappeared. Like, would we still be connected or would we be less connected? So I'm sure Samara and I are not the only ones who have considered a lot of these topics, which is why I know you're going to really resonate with the episode. So I first want to say that I mean, I truly believe we all have our own unique relationship with social media. And as adults, we can consciously choose how we spend, you know, every hour of our day. And if one person chooses to say, scroll Instagram for an hour, and one person decides to play video games for an hour, and one person decides to bake cookies for an hour, if that's their only free time and that's what they choose, it's okay, I mean, in my opinion, one is not worse than the other. But personally, for me, I I do find myself spending at least an hour on social media each day. And for the most part, I believe that I have had a positive experience using social for both personal and business use. But I don't really believe that's the case for everyone. And that's what I hear through my networks. I'm quite confident that for some people, social media is not a positive addition to their lives. And perhaps it's something they receive little to no joy from. Maybe it doesn't inspire them to be better or to, you know, wake up and achieve their dreams. And that's okay. It doesn't need to be that for everybody. And just like what people choose to eat in a day to make them feel great is very different across human beings. And what type of vacations people choose to go on again, like that looks so different for everybody. I think in that case, we can all choose which social media, if any, we want to play a part in our lives. And I'm certain that if we dropped our Facebook account and Instagram account tomorrow, your friends and your family are still going to love you. They're still going to be connected to you. So if that's kind of the direction you're headed, don't fear that you need social media to be a human on this planet. So I hope you really enjoy the episode. We have some great conversations around the topic of social media. And as always, if you have feedback, please join the visionary life Facebook group. It's a private community where we chat all things podcast and life and how to live in an inspired state as a visionary. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Hi, Samara. Welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Kelsey. I'm really excited to be chatting with you. Awesome. So to give the listeners some context, you and I have known each other for about 10 years and some of those years we did long distance friendship, but at the present time we live super close to one another in Toronto and it's awesome to have you so close by. So although we're no longer having sleepovers when we watch (laughs) One Tree Hill all night and drool over Nathan, I like to think we've grown up quite a lot over the years. Um, And also, at one point, we even discussed starting a podcast together, so maybe I can convince you to come on the show more often. (laughs) Um, So today we're chatting all things social media, but before we dive in, can you give the listeners a brief kind of overview of what you studied in school and what type of industry you currently work in?
1: For sure. So we met at Western. um, Go Mustangs. (laughs) Go Mustangs. And so I was in the MIT program, which is media information and technoculture. And I also did a minor in journalism. I was always really super interested in media in high school. Very passionate about like celebrity gossip and um, like magazines and always just consuming different types of media. Um, So the MIT program was perfect. And then after that... I went into public relations at Humber where I kind of really refined how I was going to work with media and the different type of um, kind of relationship I would build with it. So if you don't know public relations is kind of you build a brand of media. So whether that's working with journalists and media or doing social media, Mm -hmm. I'm there to kind of make sure the brand has a good reputation and that we communicate with our clients our service users. Um, So, yeah, so right now I actually work as a public relations manager for a youth and children mental health center.
0: Awesome. So just to kind of stay on that topic for a bit, did they actually train you in social media during your PR diploma? Or was that not a thing quite yet? They
1: did. So at Western, I think we had one class, I think. And it was kind of like it was actually only about Facebook at the time because Instagram didn't exist. And Twitter was fairly new, and I think it was just kind of like what you could use Facebook for, Mm -hmm. but it was literally a three-hour class. Um, In public relations, we had a class devoted to social media, um, but it wasn't really in-depth. And at the time, it was really about just communicating a brand and doing community management, but it didn't really talk about actual engagement and how to build a brand's reputation using social media or how to connect with the audience it was again it was a very super basic level I think the only assignment we had to do was a blog post which doesn't even relate actually just funny because like yeah. no one even
0: blogs anymore well it exactly like. exactly I think that's kind of like the state of social media right now is that it's moving so fast yep. that the schools aren't keeping up with it everyone's just kind of self-teaching and yep. really just learning by doing so yeah So yeah, in this episode, we're going to kind of chat about all things social media. And we each took questions from our networks and we curated a few talking points based on what we've really been feeling and hearing around social media these days. So this will really be um, kind of our opinions, but also just the sentiments of the collective, I think. Um, And I'm sure many of the listeners will be able to relate. So definitely, if you're listening, uh, reach out to us with your feedback and let us know how you're feeling. Because um, it's certainly on everyone's mind, I think, as we navigate this, like beast of an <laughs> online world, I would say. Um, so first up, I kind of want to open up a conversation just around what we're chatting about when we say social media. So obviously, there's tons of platforms. There's Pinterest, Reddit, Twitter, YouTube. There's Tinder. There's Bumble, which are also you know fall under that banner. Um, but I think where we've been feeling the heaviness or the topics of interest are mostly around Facebook, Instagram, Sna- maybe Snapchat. Um, I don't know not if, if that reason <laughs> debacles. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's not the one that's top of mind, but really I, I do think that the bulk of the issues stem from Facebook and Instagram. So I think that's where, where we'll spend the most time today. But knowing that everyone has their own vice, right? I know some people who spend hours on Reddit each day, <laughs> um, but I'm not sure that it's causing a lot of the the problem and comparison syndrome that we're feeling through social. Um, so let's start on the topic of addiction to social media, because obviously, you know, we're l- used to hearing the word addict around like people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol. And I actually think that there is an issue with addiction to social media these days. So in your perspective, in what ways have you seen people act like addicts using their social media? And has that been an issue in your life or any of your network being addicted and, you know, having no attention span to you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about that topic?
1: So it's actually really interesting because as I've kind of dived into my own relationship with social media and Instagram and, you know, even iMessage, like texting, for example. Yeah. Um Often, have you ever had that, like, phantom vibration on your phone where you think your phone goes off, but it Mm -hmm. actually hasn't? Yeah. Um, So that's part of, I think, the addiction. So there's this study that I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, but social media and the notifications that you get on your phone are actually releasing a neurotransmitter called dopamine, um, which is attached to your pleasure center and your reward center. So anytime your phone goes off, or you get a little notification, your dopamine starts, like, going crazy. And basically your brain sees that as a reward. So obviously with reward and pleasure, you get more addicted to it. Mm -hmm. It's also the same neurotransmitter with like alcohol and drug addictions that happen. So they do say people get addicted to that feeling in Mm -hmm. part because it's also the unknown. Like you don't know how many likes you're going to get on an Instagram post or Facebook. So you're constantly checking and getting that rush. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, so I quit Instagram for a couple we'll different, yeah, a lot, for a couple yeah. different re- reasons. But you talked about an addiction. And I think part of what I noticed about myself is I'd be waking up in the morning, checking Instagram, scrolling for 15 minutes. Looked at my clock and I was like, oh, God, I have to get ready for work. I'm already running behind. And then I'd get to work. I'd be on the subway, scrolling, 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 get to work. I was bored, scroll, and it's like this constant checking of my phone. I'd be writing up something at work and my phone would buzz and I'd look and I'd get distracted and then I'd have to restart all over again. So part of where my kind of addiction to social media was I was constantly checking it. And I do feel like I've seen a lot of friends do that or like Mm. you're at dinner and like how many of your friends put their phone on the table? the first thing they do before they sit down, before they Mm
0: -hmm.
1: say, Hey, how's it going? Their phone's on the table. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it is very alarming. And I even, I always think of the situation where now if you show up at an event by yourself or um, if you're just somewhere where you don't feel super comfortable, the addiction is so obvious because you'll just like immerse yourself in your phone as opposed to actually being social and like making the effort to connect. And it's just like, people are getting the validation every time their phone lights up. It's like, ah, okay, I'm important. And so, yeah, I I definitely believe in that dopamine hit study because I feel it every day, like, you know, whether you want to admit it or not, when you open up your Instagram and a photo is doing well, you're like, oh, interesting. And it kind of like, yeah, it gives you that little bit of, I don't know, I guess it's validation that we're looking for. So, um and so you're on a social media detox right now, <laughs> or would you just say Instagram detox? I would say Instagram.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, so
0: yeah. why Instagram over Facebook?
1: I think because unfortunately, Facebook. Um, I'm part of the generation who where Facebook really started with. Um, you know, I was just getting into university when Facebook. Hit or launched, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, as time has gone on, um, Facebook's audience has differed. So, I don't know. I'm in this weird kind of limbo of like kind of being with the millennials and Gen Zs of, you know, not liking Facebook, but also the older generation uses it to stay in contact with friends and family. Um, But I'm not checking it as often. Like, if unless there's an event happening or someone's Mm -hmm. using like Messenger. I'm very rarely on it and I think in part because I got so trained with all these ads and brands constantly popping up that I just kind of got really icky about it so Mm -hmm. I just over time stopped checking it Mm -hmm. Um, Instagram I love photos all my friends are on there Um, you can post your own photos make your own relationships stories came out so always something new is happening on Instagram but I just felt like that was the one that I was always on and that was giving me like, I don't know, anxiety, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and making me feel like I was wasting my time constantly. Mm -hmm. So I felt like that was the one that was triggering different things in me that I needed to say, okay, it's time to take a break. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Facebook, I would maybe check once a day. And Twitter, I almost never use unless I'm yelling at the DTC. Yeah, yeah
0: I feel like Twitter may have may have slightly died. <laughs> but some people still love it. I'm it's not the sure. perfect place for trolls. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there is a lot of differences between Facebook and Instagram and the way they make us feel. So let's hang out on the topic of Facebook for a sec. And you know back when we met which was like 10 years ago yep. maybe more than that really facebook was at it's like still in its early phases yep. like we used it simply as a way to stay connected and yep. I don't think that brands and advertisements were really a thing. Mm. Um, and it was essentially just like a very wholesome place. <laughs> totally. Um, with some was, like university photos. With a lot of party photos. <laughs> I, I honestly think we used to like creep boys we liked, right? And just yeah. like look at their photos yeah. and like gawk over them. Um, and maybe play Tetris and like yep. we would install games so oh, yeah it used to be very humble and yep. you know there was no issue with it so what did you love and appreciate about the early days of using Facebook
1: I love that you could write on someone's wall mm-hmm. um, yeah and honestly it would be the silliest thing and you could then afterwards see like wall-to-wall conversations probably conversations you shouldn't have had in the open but at the time you just did. Um, and again, I think the basis of Facebook was connecting with your friends, learning about people in your network, the, the, the net wasn't cast so wide that, you know, you were learning about someone in, uh, like, you know, in France, for example, like you were learning about the people that were closest to you, um, or you had some connection to. Um, and then it was about getting together in groups. So like I was part of the Western Snowboard Federation at the time. So like that was the group that you be part of and just get updates. Um, so it really just felt like an extension of your friends online. It didn't necessarily feel like I was targeting people across the sea or trying to follow brands. So mm-hmm. I really liked the interconnectedness. And then, of course, like people's albums from their trips. So if you went on a trip or, you know, our other roommate Katie went on a trip. I could look at your photos and see what you did. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a really easy way to engage with your life without like you know the extra effort of asking you at the time. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah and I think back then when Facebook did just first start like we didn't have a thousand friends on Facebook. I always think back to tribal times right and in that you know, thousands of years ago, you would hang out with maybe 10 to 20 people. They were your tribe. You kind of relied on each other. You were with each other every day. You traded resources, collected food, (laughs) all that stuff. And I don't know that we were ever meant to keep track of a thousand or two thousand or 20,000 people. And so, you know, back in the day, you only had to worry and you wanted to know what was up with 10 to 20 people. That's all really we have capacity for. And then kind of social media comes along and all of a sudden we're stimulated by so many people's lives now. Like our Facebook friends have probably grown, I don't know, 50 times since you first had Facebook You're now worrying about everybody and their brother and mother and sister and cousins and people. You don't even remember how you met them. Like, do you ever go on Facebook and literally think, I don't know how I know this person? Or just
1: not even know their name. Like, have you ever scrolled and been like, who is this person on my wall?
0: Yeah. And it's like, they have no business being in my tribe, (laughs) but they are. (laughs) But this also opens up like a really fascinating um, thought or at least is something I've been thinking of because obviously our generations are meant to evolve. And so what our grandparents did versus how our parents lived versus how we live, very different, right? So we were kind of the age of social media and we're also the age of like, I want to love my work. I want to live my purpose. I want to, you know, all these kind of like entitled things that millennials love. And I also think using social media to fulfill that allows us to expand our impact, right? Whereas when our parents grew up, maybe they could only reach the people in their city. Um, Their tribe was still quite small. Now, if we want to make a change, we can go to the world and blast out through social media. So when I kind of say that to you, what do you think about that? Like, is it a good thing that we have access to quote-unquote, change the world and be so connected to everyone on this planet. It's like a massive, like
1: concept even think about, that you literally, with the click of a button, you can be connected to someone across the world and have some sort of impact on their life. That's so interesting. Yeah, you could
0: literally impact Yeah, like
1: someone you don't even know could be following you, see something you wrote, see a picture you posted, see a personal story you're sharing our brand, and have a connection to you, and and feel like they know, like, I know Kelsey, and I know Mm -hmm. who she is. And I think the perfect example of this is like the Me Too campaign that recently happened. Like if you were to think back even in the 90s when like, Harvey Weinstein was doing the stuff he was doing, like it was happening. Everyone knew about it, but no one talked about it. Um, so information sharing wasn't necessarily a thing. Um, but today, through people using the hashtag Me Too, stories are now traveling between within the community and outside of the community so now people are now very privy to what happened in the 90s and what's going on today. And I think without Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, without that sort of connectedness around the whole Me Too, I honestly don't think Harvey Weinstein would have been fired. I honestly don't think the topic around consent and sexism in the workplace would have happened this way, nor would you have you know, the movement that we're currently having right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's in part... Because of social media, you know, I've quit Instagram and I have my own feelings on social, social media, but I did my own kind of campaign around mental health awareness, um, because I wanted to raise money for a particular mental health charity. And I did it specifically through Facebook. Like I created a campaign, I did videos, I did call outs and I made sort of, um, an impact if you, if you'll say like, I'll have people message me saying, you know, that was a great video you posted on mental health. I really resonated with that. Um, But I also got donations that way. Mm -hmm. So I think Facebook and social media, like you said, has that really powerful impact of bringing people together on really important topics. It's about sharing knowledge, right? And it's information Mm -hmm. sharing.
0: Yeah. And so on that topic of your campaign, it was obviously very successful. And like, we all learned a lot from it, I guess is. You know, without the listeners having followed you at that time, um, essentially it was just very informative and you had really great write ups and such good content, I would say. It was pure, authentic content. And so in that moment, you were using Facebook to create community and. Perhaps that wouldn't have happened had you just tried to, like, rally people to your totally. home to do a
1: seminar. Like, email, like, was very, like, a small part of that yeah. campaign. It really was about social media um, and then connecting with people afterwards. But mm-hmm. it all started there. Like, I think my mom sent a couple emails to people for me, which also helped. But Yeah. It wasn't going door
0: to door to people. Right. So it's like the evolution of the times. We know people spend time online. So you were able to reach them in a medium where they were already spending time. And so you raised money from that, right? Yeah. Do you know how much you raised from it? I think around $3,500 within 12 weeks. So, which is amazing. Yeah. So (laughs) that definitely brings us kind of to some of the positives that can come from social media. Um, for me, I always talk about this pretty openly, but I've gotten most of my jobs through yeah. social media. So I'm always very grateful for it. My first job out of nutrition school, I got it through Twitter, um, just cause I was trolling some accounts. I ended up following this account that ended up being Loblaws. Um, so that was really cool. I reached out and basically just said, I want to meet with you guys. And so that happened. And then, um, another job that I had with Vega, I met someone from the team, but then we connected on Facebook, kept the relationship alive. And then when it came time to interview, I already had this like strong friendship. So I'm a big believer in keeping my social media feeds afloat and kind of reflecting who I am because I think it's almost like the new resume. Because I'm assuming most employers, they look yeah, you up, right? Um, so you hand over your paper resume, but then they're probably just going to go type your name into Facebook. yeah. And they want to see who you really are, right? We don't always hire based on skill. yeah. Sometimes it's based on who you are as a person. So that's some of my, I guess, positives with social media. Obviously, you had your mental health campaign. Is there any other like positive um, sentiments that you have towards how social media has made a difference in your life or how you see it as being beneficial for our generation or for anyone really.
1: Totally. Um, well, I think you kind of touched a little bit about on it around, um, your resume and like I've seen you grow through your brands and your business through social media and it's been so rewarding to watch that to see you as a nutritionist, you as a wellness coach come to life through social media cause I can follow your journey, which is mm-hmm. amazing. And so I think on that point, you know, social media is really great for building your brand and your business, right? Like, if you're an entrepreneur, it's really hard to get started. Um, mm. Social media, for the most part, is quote-unquote free, right? Like, you're not necessarily paying to be on social media, whether other than, like, buying advertisements and um, your eyeballs, technically. But yeah, um, you have a really strong ability to connect with people on social media on a personal level. Um, so if you're building a brand or a business, you have that almost it's like face to face interaction because you get to talk with someone. And through social media, a brand gets to build a personality. So it's a really a cost effective way, but also a really personal way. And for example, you don't have to have a storefront just to own Kelsey Riddle or mm-hmm. Visionary Life. Um, you get to really connect with people. And, and you know, right now are kind of the days of brand evangelists, right? Where people who are not just buying the product, but they fully believe in that sort Mm -hmm. of the business model or the brand. Um, I think you're a great example. Like people love you and follow you and and believe in what you're saying. They're not just going to say like, go buy this oil because Mm -hmm. Kelsey said so. They're going to be like, I believe in Kelsey's tribe. I believe in like the way she lives, like Patagonia is really good at it. They don't just sell a jacket; they sell you a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Facebook and social media and
0: Instagram are really great for those aspects. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of gives you just a better taste of yeah. like who the brand really is. Yeah, it's not just that you drove down the highway and saw a billboard and then yeah. you bought the product. It's like. No, I've watched them, like, create yeah. and put out content and vlogs and blogs. And yeah. And you know whether you like them and connect with them yeah. or if they totally repel you. It's you...
1: totally easy to decipher now between yeah. like, what you like and don't like. Whereas a long time ago, it was a very top-down model. You know, um, a brand would tell you, okay, buy this tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. And they would tell you where to go, how to buy it. But now you almost feel, as a consumer, very active in that process. Yeah. You, you have a voice in the process. And I don't think that existed before. And, and if a brand does something really wrong or not politically correct, we can call them out on it and say, mm-hmm. like, what you're doing is not Okay. Like Pepsi and Kendall Kendall Jenner, like that whole yep. Super Bowl thing. Like we have a voice mm-hmm. in that and it's never been easier to just, you know, to land really, your <laughs> comment right where it, it needs at. to be. And I'm gonna say, as a community manager, like we are real people behind it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never
0: be rude to the brand because <laughs> that's a person. It's a person. It's a you. person. Um yeah, and I mean so to further that, it's like So all these people are opening up to share their heart and their soul on social media. But then sometimes, I'm sure you feel this, sometimes you just see people who are so, like, taking that vulnerability word to the next level. And they're, like, pouring their heart out and sharing every last ounce of their soul on social media. And I think that that can be just as damaging to, like, be so raw and real and maintain no privacy in your life That it's almost like repulsive, like as much as we're sucked in, but it's not only celebrities that are sharing their everyday. It's the average person who is spilling their guts and filming every moment of their day. So I, I don't really have a question around that, but it's it almost seems like a problem for people who are so addicted that they're um, just showcasing their entire life online.
1: Well, it's almost like it's like their own therapy. I feel like, like Mm -hmm. if you're down or you're, you know, feeling low, you might turn to social media because you know, there's an active audience listening to you Mm -hmm. um, to almost like fill that validation or that void that you might be feeling. So it's kind of like we're talking about addiction and the likes, right? Like you post something and You're hoping you're going to get a lot of likes because you're feeling down. You get a lot of likes, great. That validation's there. You're feeling better about yourself. It'll probably disappear in a couple hours. But for now, it's there. You post something or you share something and it doesn't get a lot of likes or engagement. Like, you feel even worse before than you did. But to your point, like, I think sometimes people use it as a way of reaching out. Mm -hmm. And, like, um, expressing that there's something going on. And then it becomes, as you said, this like way too personal, mm-hmm. vulnerable space when really it should be channeled somewhere else. But it's, it's like, how do you find the balance between like sh- sharing only positive things? Because then you get into this world of influencers where it's like reality versus Instagram and Instagram, I mean like the picture perfect world yeah. versus like the raw emotion versus like completely going down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm.
0: like I don't know what that answer is but yeah there's definitely no like textbook written about you know <laughs> how much is too chapter much chapter one how much to share on Instagram if only I mean there's some wonderful things that have come out of it I think like the whole body positivity yep. movement is great Um, for the first few years of Instagram it really was like our friend Katie said she's like was following all these fitness models yep. and every time she flipped open her Instagram it was like Rockstar body, you look hot, professional photo shoot. But then a few people stepped up, which I am so happy about, and, you know, started this movement of post your body at any size. And I think it's great to be reminded of that every time I flip open Instagram. I've unfollowed the people who make me feel bad, and I like seeing someone post them. Like how they look when they just rolled out of bed, yeah. you know, and sure, maybe they're growing their audience that way, yeah. You know, it's a marketing tactic, totally. I, I see through it because I, you know, watch a lot of marketing and read a lot of blogs about it, and I'm like, well, it's a great way to grow your audience, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's right? what you're after. Double tap if you're into body positivity. I'm like, <laughs> okay, like we get it, but at least it's more realistic, yep. which I do appreciate. Um, but. Yeah, we were kind of chatting a little bit before about influencers and kind of that whole culture. Yeah. Um, do you feel like influencers kind of started to replace celebrities in Hollywood? Like, are we looking more to an Instagram influencer for advice now than to Paris Hilton?
1: Honestly, probably. Like, even the word influencer still gives me, like, hives because working communications are like, yeah, we're going to do an influencer outreach strategy. You're like, oh my gosh. Um... Because it's cheap. <laughs> it's cheap. It's so cheap, and it's quick likes. And again, it's that brand evangelist where like they believe in it, so they want to do it. Um, I think it's a it's a fine balance. I think now with Instagram having to say ad, it definitely like sorry hashtag ad. If you're gonna promote something as a celebrity, um, it kind of has sort of cut that out. Um, so you know that when a celebrity is probably promoting something, you feel it's fake and. You can recognize that. Um, whereas an influencer, someone who's not well as well known, I think yeah, you might kind of feel more related to them because they're they feel more like a peer. They feel mm-hmm. like someone that you might um, have a conversation with. And if they're wearing this really cute bikini, um, you might be like, oh yeah, where'd you get that? And they're more apt to respond to you too, right? Mm-hmm. Like a celebrity, if you comment on their post, they're not like, oh yeah, I got this that. My favorite designer, Givenchy, uh, I'll give you his number. Yeah. And it's, if it is, it's their assistant <laughs> it's that's their pretending assistant, to be exactly. them. <laughs> Whereas an influencer, um, I know I've sent a message to, like, a home designer. And I was like, oh, I love that, um, those shelving. Where is that from? And she responded to me pretty quickly. Yeah. Or, like, a yoga person. I was like, I loved your five-minute warm-up. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? And she was very quick to respond. So is that more of like a personal level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That being said, I do think the word influencer is being overused, and I think people are becoming savvy to it.
0: Mm -hmm. And I've heard, actually, a couple influencers (laughs) talk about the fact that they, some I don't think are aware of this, but others realize that they are actually starting to have a responsibility to not just pick up any brand and start sharing it because they are having an impact on so many people who are watching their content and again, now that we have Instagram stories and videos and stuff, you can really feel connected to someone easily. So if they're sharing XYZ and telling you that probiotics are going to change your life, all of a sudden you have a bunch of people running out thinking their life is going to change because they buy this one brand. So influencers need to be careful of like how they are. And same goes for celebrity culture too. It's like, the endorsements that they pick up, like, do they think twice about them or are they just in it for the money? But yeah. I do think there is some social responsibility if you are going to use your platform to share a product or a service. Um, like think twice about whether you've done your research and whether you can stand behind that if you know, you're wrong in the yeah. end. Yeah. So, Cause people will come after you. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. Be aware um, and kind of just on the topic of Instagram stories, obviously that's become a huge thing lately. Um, do you find yourself consuming them a lot or were you when you were on Instagram? So it's funny
1: because not being on Instagram anymore, I think stories is what I miss the most.
0: <laughs> Why is that?
1: Um, I think because it was live in the moment. Um, you know, the photo is static and like I said, I was constantly scrolling through it. Um, through Instagram without really engaging in the content, whereas stories, I'm watching something. Um, And usually the people that I watch the most will come to the front. Um, And usually people had like, really fun content. So if a friend of mine was going for a run and she would be filming where she was running, I would say, oh, what's that path? And I could direct message her through Mm -hmm. that. Um, Again, it plays on that more authentic, I think, part of Instagram, because with the photos, it's very easy to curate your feed, very easy to write a specific caption to go with it and make it about Gandhi or something, yeah. but it does have to be a selfie, whereas, like, stories... So true, yeah. Right? Yeah. People are Googling, like, yogi quotes. <laughs> exactly. As they're, like, it's a selfie in a mirror. Like, there's this great meme. I think it's on Betches.com or something, and it's oh like... My God. Um, this girl a selfie, and it's like, okay, Karen, you can just have a mirror selfie. You don't need to bring Gandhi into this thing. <laughs> and I love it because it happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, stories, like, my friends will be out biking, and I can see them hanging out. Maybe I'll get a bit of FOMO that I yeah. wasn't invited, but...
0: I'm seeing what they're up to on a, on a live sort of scale. Mm-hmm. And it lets people, like, shine their creativity through. Because you can, like, draw on the images yeah. and put the gifts. Like, I, I do think we have fun with it for yeah. the most part. Yeah, I think it's more fun. And we're not always trying to sell stuff through. We're just trying to, like, build relationships Yeah, and, yeah, kind of be quirky.
1: Well, I noticed you've been using a lot more stories, I think, mm-hmm. than actual posting photos I
0: find them more exciting like again it's yeah. real-time content I don't have a lot of I have some curated photos like from a photo shoot but for the most part like I don't know I would rather share a snippet of my life yeah versus when I do post something it does feel forced mm. and that's changed like I think when Instagram first started I loved posting but now it, it just feels too curated I would say so a story mm. is just anytime the moment strikes, you know, you can kind of just share your life a bit. Well, one thing I notice actually now that we're just talking about this through is with your stories from
1: what I remember a whole few weeks ago is that you're very active and engaged with what you're doing. So if you're talking about some of the oils that you use, you'll show people how to make their own cleaner using mm-hmm. lemon or... Um, if you're using your morning diffuser, what kind of things you do, this is very active and engaging. Mm-hmm. Whereas a photo, it ends up being very static. Yeah. Um, and how many times can you repost the same
0: type of photo with the same feel to it, but then have a different caption under it? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, no, totally. Because you're right. I think we run out of, if we're living the same life every day, it's like, it, do you want to see my kitchen again? Yeah. I mean, the people who are posting food, it's yeah. like, you can always switch that up, but yeah. Again, we're kind of craving that next level of rawness in yeah. people. I don't care that you styled your food anymore. Yeah. I used to care of how perfect you could make your little Buddha bowl look. Yeah, totally. But now I actually would rather see the quinoa spill all over yeah. the, you know, like yeah. I just want to know that you're human. So. Yeah. It's like enough with the curated shit. <laughs> totally. Um <laughs> <laughs> One of your, um, someone in your network wrote to us after we put out a call to action just to, you know, share some of your sentiments on social media and how you're feeling about it. And if you have any questions, um, and I thought this was really interesting. Someone wrote to us saying the following. So I have had a few reoccurring dreams where I am traveling to new and exciting exotic places, but living behind the screen, constantly trying to get the best new post or story for Instagram. I'm not living in the moment. I'm not present. Even in my dreams, I'm trying to curate the best reflection of myself for my followers to admire. I don't think it takes a lot of interpretation to figure out what this dream means. And then she f- goes on further to say, do you think that more people are doing things only for the posts or stories? Is it possible that it is encouraging people to get out and do things even if it's for the wrong reasons? Are they even enjoying themselves or is it an act? So that was a really interesting um, note that she left. I just thought, God, what a scary thought to be like traveling in a beautiful place and think I have to do this for the story and for the perfect um, image to capture, because this is a bit indicative of reality uh, or maybe where we're headed if we don't slow down with this social media usage. So um, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I loved her comment because it's so not black and white. Um, On the one hand, she's saying um, people need to kind of step away from social media and just be present in the moment. And I think a lot of topics around mindfulness have come in and how to be present, put your phone away, um, you know, be with the people that you're with. Um, But that being said, you know, she made a really good point, which is social media has also made people a bit more adventurous now, sometimes the adventure they're doing is stupid. If it's like just for the gram, we've all seen that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it makes you go out for a hike because you know you'll get that really great photo, does it matter what the motive is that you did it just for the photo, but you mm-hmm. also go out, went outside in nature and, and did a hike and maybe you learned that you actually like hiking? Mm-hmm. So I find that like a very interesting comment because it's not just social media is bad, social media is good. Like often... We question a motive
0: but like do we even need to question the motive I don't know
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know what do you think yeah I mean I think at the end of the day like you're the only one that has to live with your own actions totally. so if all that motivates you is to go get the photo it's like well that just sucks for you that you don't have that yeah. innate desire to maybe do it for a different reason but um, I think one of the problems with Instagram in particular, and maybe one reason why you're off it, is because we do feel so much pressure. Um, some, one of the other listeners wrote in and she kind of said, do you have to post every single day to stay relevant, right? Mm. And we feel that pressure like, oh, I haven't posted in a week or I haven't done a story all day. Are people going to think I'm yeah, boring? Totally. Are people going to like forget about me? Um, Does anyone care that I've disappeared? So I think that's like a really um, scary topic. And the fact that people might just like go out and ride their bikes so they can get a story to make themselves. And we've all done it. We've all been like, oh, I have to like not eat this yet because I need the story. Right. And I can think of a million other examples in my own life. Um, where I had to redo something or, um, like, I would make Dave slow the car down so that I could take a picture <laughs> of a sign for my story. Yeah. And it's like, but that is not... Yeah, it is it's not... not like, it's not life. It's not life because that's not reality in that moment. Yeah. Like, we could have driven by quickly, but I made him go back. Yeah. So you're pulling yourself out of what would naturally happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Her comment the first comment about kind of doing things for the story and not being present, I think that is if we don't solve our addiction to social media, yeah. like what if the next generation yeah. literally had their phone glued to their hand and they just saw everything through the lens. Yeah, or just
1: like a chip or in their brain where their eyes just projected and it's yeah. like you don't know if they're looking at you or their Facebook feed. Yeah. Or whatever new thing happens. Like I think that's a part of the reason why. So, I'm going, I'm traveling to China in a couple weeks. And initially, I was like, when I went off Instagram, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get it back in time for China. So then I can post that I'm in China and people can see the photos. Um, But now that I've been through this for the last couple weeks, I actually don't want Instagram for my trip
0: Mm.
1: because for that exact reason, which is I don't want to be focused on getting the Like perfect picture. Um, And I could see myself being like that. If I'm being honest with myself, I will be tempted to take the perfect photo, edit it, sit there for like three hours and try and get the perfect thing and the perfect caption. Um, I really do not want to do that. I just want to be present in whatever I'm doing. The only thing I want to use my phone for is to make sure my parents know I'm alive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think part of also why I left which is because of this need and this drive to again be posting for validation um and I even did it myself like I'm not immune to that um where you get all these inspo posts where people are posting these inspiring photos with inspiring comments and for me it just kind of made me feel bad about myself sometimes um or if I didn't get enough likes as a friend did, or I have lower followers and I kind of be like, why not me? And I was building my validation around that. And I thought to myself, it was the perfect photo, but others didn't, for example. Um, And I also felt like I needed to have this curated content. Like I do social media for my company, but in terms of my own social media, it's just every day, right? Like my Instagram was just my everyday life. The guy in BC is not going to care about my everyday life. It's not curated. I don't have a specialty or a niche. Um, And so then I would get upset that I wasn't getting the likes or follows. But I was like, but why would I anyways? So then I was like, well, okay, I really should build a brand. I should build something that I'm good at. But when I couldn't figure that out, I kind of got even harder on myself. So it was like a double-edged sword. It was like sad that I wasn't getting the likes or the followers. But I was also sad that I didn't have this specialty niche that I could post about to curate this beautiful Instagram
0: feed. So I was just like well now I just feel bad. Mm -hmm. So funny because like I always thought okay so if we got away from the times of following people who were like half naked with the perfect body or eating only healthy food and then we moved on to people who it's like oh I actually I want to follow, like, a variety of people, people who are positive and who post, like, self-help quotes. I think we got too far invested in that 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 started to make us feel bad, too. Totally. Because it's like, I still don't look good as that girl who has a flabby stomach because she's got a full head of makeup. And why are these people so inspired and positive all the time and... Why is everyone in a yoga pose? Like, right? it's like, I tried to curate my feed to make it look good, but then it still tore away at you because you're still in that comparison trap, right? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I think, again, there's not really an answer to what a healthy amount of positive versus, yeah. you know, of course, like if you have fitness goals, it's okay to follow yeah. people who are one step ahead of you, but don't follow people who are 30 steps ahead of you. Yeah. And refine who you follow like and also
1: recognize that your own journey is your own journey like you got to where you are because of what you did in your own actions and your journey is gonna be very different than someone else's journey Um, so the comparison factor is really really rampant in Instagram and maybe Facebook I'm not sure Um, but it's very easy to compare your journey and what you're doing to someone else's and I think that can be really hard internally to say to yourself, stop, mm. um, that that's not what you need. Like I almost liken Instagram to a lifestyle magazine like Vogue or Glamour. Um, and I don't think they either of them would find that offensive, <laughs> but it's like, it's really beautifully curated. You get all these lovely photos, mixed in with a whole bunch of ads because Vogue is known for their ads, mm-hmm. as is Instagram now I feel like, um, with a bunch of self-help right? That you didn't necessarily ask for. So when you're reading Glamour, it will be like, how to be fitter in five days? And you're like, I didn't really think I was unfit, but now I do. And it's like with Instagram, it's like how to be more like mindful or like, you know, be your best self or using wellness or it's like all these things. And you're like, I never asked for this advice, but I follow these people because I'm kind of interested in what they're doing. Yet somehow every post starts to feel like a self-help book. And then you're realizing you have all these problems that you've never
0: addressed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's so true. And so this quote that I read the other day really resonated with me and our generation and social media usage. It said, we all want to do something that matters, yet we're comparing ourselves against things that don't. And Um. it's really interesting because it's true. Like we all want fulfillment out of our life. Yet we're comparing ourselves against how many followers we have. And does that matter? No. So why are we measuring anything in our life based on that type of validation? If you want to do something that matters, stop worrying about the things that have no contribution to um, the real important stuff in life. No. It's like, so next time you go give a donation to someone, like don't Instagram, it, totally. that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, easier said than done, but I mean, that's just kind of the culture we live in. So we're coming up on time, but I did want to ask you some tips on someone, uh, who's maybe been thinking about a social media detox, what would be maybe first some signs that someone might need to take a step away from social media?
1: Um I think one of the biggest signs would be that you are a constantly on it or you constantly have this need to be on it or checking it. So if you're with a group of friends and you're you're just on your phone scrolling, um I would say that's probably not great. Like again, be present, be engaged. Um if you're feeling down about, you know, your Instagram or your social media, like, so for example, for me, um, I would actually feel sad if I logged into my Instagram and a photo wasn't getting the engagement I would want. That for me was a trigger to say, okay, something's off here. Something isn't right. So if you're
0: feeling those feelings around social media, I would say time for a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and any tips for people like... Did you just go cold turkey and delete the app off your phone or did you put like one of those apps that restricts your usage of it? How did you go about um, getting yourself away from Instagram?
1: So I did it cold turkey. That being said, I did have another friend of mine who um, was doing it with me because we'd gone out for drinks. We were just chatting about Instagram and social media in general and we're both like, I think we want to like get off of it and we're like, yeah, okay, let's do it together. So. If you have someone that can do it with you, that does help. Um, I laugh because then we just send each other pictures through our text messaging now instead. It's <laughs> like back to old school. Back to old school. Well, like this woman was like when I told her I was off Instagram, she was like, but how will I know you're in China and what you're doing? And I was like, well, all the better for us to get together so I can tell you about in person.
0: Yeah, I think you wrote me something earlier that said, like, the one benefit is that now I can actually, like, pick up the phone and call someone if I want to know what they're doing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Instead
0: of, yeah, going to flip open their Instagram, which is great.
1: I do have a question for you, if you don't mind me flipping the table. Oh, of course. So you have really built up your brand around Visionary Life and doTERRA and essential oils. Um, So obviously that means kind of taking away sharing from your personal life, how have you found kind of making your social media channels more business and brand oriented and less about sharing like Kelsey's personal life? Cause I always wonder with people who are their own brand business, like do they ever miss just sharing those off moments on social media? Like, I don't know. Um, you doing, you're going out and dancing mm-hmm. and doing something silly. Like a lot of people host that stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny cause people, I, I've heard people say like, Oh, like, you know, it's great that you share so much of your life on social media. And like, do you just post um, kind of sporadically and whenever you're inspired? And the truth for me is like, no, I have a content calendar for my own social media. And that's not to like make people feel like it's fake or um, that I don't post when I'm inspired, but I actually treat it as a business. I treat it as the easiest marketing tool that anyone could ever use like we mentioned it's never been easier to start a business it's true because social media is so accessible and if you're willing to kind of show up once in a while and like share good content like don't just be spamming people but like give people value through social media um, I think that that's such an easy way to build community around things that people can relate to and that they you know want to hear from you from so that when you have something to sell, they're already ready to maybe purchase. So I kind of like treat it as, you know, this is part of my brand strategy to grow a bigger community and in turn help more people. So when I sit down at the beginning of a month and schedule my content calendar, I think, okay, what are my four pillars that I'm trying to communicate? Like, am I trying to showcase that? you know, maybe I'm launching a new program. So I have to sprinkle that in every four posts. Maybe I want to show that, um, you know, I'm investing in education and learning. So I'll try to share quotes of what I'm learning. So there's always like a, and I don't want it to sound bad, but there's always like a purpose behind what I'm posting because I'm trying to communicate a certain message based on what it is that I'm teaching or where my business is headed. So, um, now I forget the question, though. Do you ever miss posting about oh, do your you own ever pers- miss
1: post-personal life?
0: No. So not at all. I think because I've chosen to use my social media more as, like, a business kind of channel, um, I actually love getting away from social media. Mm-hmm. So, like, when Dave and I got engaged, I yeah. was, like, so, like, I'm so glad I don't have to share that because people don't, I think most people don't follow mm-hmm. me anymore to hear about my personal sure. life. Um, And that's maybe just I've kind of pushed people if they don't like my business, they probably just don't follow me um, and they'll call me if they need to know about me. But um, I don't miss it. I feel because I do it for business, I'm okay leaving the personal stuff out. And if I didn't have the business, I'd probably share a lot more stupid stuff on social. But it's kind of nice because you keep your private life private then. Mm-hmm. And I also find that Dave is very... He loves doing social media detoxes, too. Like, he'll delete Instagram from his phone. Yeah. He's not interested because he feels that anxiety when he's on it. And so even if I try to, like, do some social with him around, he doesn't love it, right? And it's an invasion of privacy for him. And I think that's, like one of the biggest realities that people don't realize is that not everyone wants a camera in their face not everyone wants to share what they had for dinner so if you bring your phone out at the dinner table with a group of 10 friends you might actually be making someone so uncomfortable and granted we all do it like i'm not saying i probably have made a lot of people um you know not enjoy their time with me if i busted out a phone and started instagram storying right and, uh, but he's definitely kind of taught me that like it's not always appropriate to share your personal life online, especially without another person's permission if they're yeah. in your video. So it's like something that maybe I don't think twice about. Mm. He's like, I don't want people seeing me just like on the couch, like lounging. Like, why? <laughs> right? <laughs> True. So, but I really
1: actually appreciate that. I really, yeah. because that's also not something.
0: I think I thought about it or a lot of other people thought about
1: it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really, really important thing to be yeah. aware of.
0: I never really thought about it either, like deeply until now. Yeah. And like how, how inappropriate that can be. Yeah.
1: Or uncomfortable
0: for people. Or uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 So maybe that's our advice to <laughs> ask <the listeners, laughs> is be mindful when you're shoving a phone in someone's
1: <laughs> face. <laughs> but also make sure to give them your hashtag. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So the question is, will I have a wedding hashtag? I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe not. All right. Well, I think that was very insightful. And um, I hope that everyone got a lot of good tips and tricks and i encourage everyone, if they're ready to do a social media detox, to consider it. And maybe just, like yourself, choose one platform, get off of it, and see if anything changes. Totally. You know, what's the worst that can happen? You might feel free or, you know, that you don't have to be sharing every last moment. Um, any other parting words? <laughs> it's not as hard as you think it is. So. Okay. So yeah. I should probably get on that. Yeah. It's yeah. It's only if you feel like you need to. No, I think it would be good to do a trial and just see how it feels in my body. So. Or you just go back to Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for all your information. Let's just resurrect Twitter exactly. and Periscope. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Samara, thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. That's a wrap. Until next week, I hope you make tiny leaps in order to achieve your most visionary life. I'd love for you to join my insiders community. Just search visionary life on Facebook. We talk about our favorite books, our podcasts of the week, tools, tips, and tricks for making our lives easier as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. And really it's just a place to have open and honest conversation. I love taking these podcast discussions offline. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I send a beautiful essential oil blend, the visionary blend, and a love note from me to anyone and everyone who leaves a rating and review. Just make sure you take a screenshot and send it to me with your shipping address. And if you think I'm joking, why not try it out?